there. You're listening to Talking About the Passion. I'm Thomas Irwin. This is a podcast where I interview musicians, talk about their music. Um, at the end of this episode, I will be giving an update on uh, what's going to be happening with the podcast in the future. Going to be making some changes. But for now, this episode today features Cody Hunter, a.k.a. Bug Hunter, from Seattle, Washington. Uh, Bug Hunter is a very uh, charismatic local singer-songwriter with a very interesting, funny, wordy kind of pop-punk songs. He's a very interesting acoustic songwriter. He uh, was a regular on the Seattle open mic scene back when I was uh, performing around town. I'm glad I uh, got a chance to catch up with him, talk about his new release, The Rough Draft. It's a very accomplished album. So without further ado, the first song off of that is Dear McCracken. Enjoy. I just stepped on a plane, my bag's on the shelf I find my seat in the middle and plan to keep to myself The pilot comes on, says there's been a delay And I sigh, buckle up and prepare for the wait There's a middle-aged woman on my right by the window No ring on her finger, maybe divorced or a widow She's drafting an email and from where I am seated I can side-eye that shit so of course I'm gonna read it It said, Dear McCracken This is already great, dude's got a pen pal and a killer last name She opens with an inside joke and she's hoping to set a casual tone Her words carefully chosen she was sure that her week spent in Houston would drag But then a face from her past quickly changed all of that The trip was for business, she's used to the travel But this time she's not ready to head back to Seattle Dear McCracken, I'd rather be off this plane I can't admit the half of it that I want to say Do I pretend? Do I push you away? I'm jet-lagging McCracken and I'll give you, I'll give you your space I can tell by the abuse of the backspace key There's a heart balanced on how her words are perceived She's retyped that fourth paragraph four times Swinging the tone back and forth until she's so satisfied That he knows that even though their paths have diverged there's an air of regret, but not enough to reverse And I am stunned, there I sit Completely convinced that once you grow old You stop dealing with this The uncertain, the hurting, the feeling like dirt When things don't work out by the fall of the curtain She hits end, powers off, and we're ready to go And I am sad for the passion that McCracken He might never know Dear McCracken, I'd rather be off this plane I can't admit the half of it that I want to say Do I pretend? Do I push you away? I'm jet-lagging McCracken and I'll give you, I'll give you your Dear McCracken, I'm keeping this on my chest I said a lot of things but none of them what I meant Do I pretend? Do I try to forget? I'm jet-lagging McCracken and I wish you, I wish you the best And 
And I thought that kind of heartache was meant for the young But we're never too old to hurt I just stepped off a plane, I've got one regret I know I'll never get closure or ever see how it ends No, I won't know his answer, what happens between them Why she kept her cards so close, even she couldn't see them What gave her such pause when she so clearly wanted To tell you all the emotions she tried so hard to bottle And I'll never know why she kept the honest truth from you But oh dear, my cracking Oh, in the rough draft In the rough draft, she loved you I haven't been playing live too much either so. It's just too much time it's, It takes a lot of time to get an album yeah. done, you know Yeah, you're right in the on the tail end of all the uh, recording and prepping that mm -hmm. stuff Yeah, so I mean, it's it's done, but now it's just like getting everything set up, getting hoping people will listen to it, making sure everything's, you know, yeah. T's are crossed, I's are dotted. So totally. Yeah. It's kind of like depending on the, uh, the scope of your goals, like the making music part of it only ends up being like 20%. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what I'm finding in the last, like, you know, five months, there'll be times where like last night I was downstairs just folding shirts. Oh Yeah. And I was just singing this little song to myself. I was like, man, I sure, I sure do love writing songs, but I sure do hate folding shirts. And I was like, this is, not, this is not at all why I started getting into music, but uh, sometimes you got to do things you don't like to do. Wow. So you, uh, yeah, it seems like you've been hitting it pretty hard this year. Mm -hmm. it's, been a, it's, been a real, it's been a real busy year. I'm hoping that things, uh, going into an album release, I don't know why I'm saying this, but I'm hoping things kind of like, chill out a little bit at the at the end of the year just because uh i'm tired this has been a lot of it's been a lot of work the last couple of months uh so i'm excited to get the album out uh, and have people listen to it and you know we're not uh we're not planning on going on tour anytime soon we're just kind of gonna let it sit probably thanksgiving through christmas and just yeah. enjoy time with family and the holidays and and then maybe early 2019 you know acting like we've just released it and actually going and doing things with it so so this this new release the rough drafts i mean mm -hmm. this isn't the uh the first album you've put out obviously no it's actually the third um but this is the first one that we did with a um in a, in a studio okay so I, we did it out at one shot studio in woodenville this is the first time that I've worked with a full band for the album. So my previous two releases, uh, yeah, it was, it was a little different this time. But uh, I used to do everything myself um, in just like my closet or, you know, random rooms in my apartment. Uh, and so this is the first time that we've actually worked with like a professional audio engineer. I've had other people play instruments um, on, on the tracks. And so it's, it's been a different process. So what got this all rolling, the the rough draft? What was the first seeds of this new album? Sure. So it was about 
three months after um, I released my last album, Torn Between a Couple, which was one that I had done just solo um, with a little help. I had a couple of harmonies uh, sung by Heather Edgley and Elena Loper on that oh, album. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but besides besides that, everything else was me. Um, and um, around the time that I released that album, I wrote a song called Dear McCracken. Yeah. Um, and this is a song that if anybody has heard my music before, they know it. Um, but I, I, it just missed the the window of for that album where I had written it and it was kind of in a in a a, a rough draft state. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wasn't willing to like delay the release of that album to put it on. So what I did instead was I released that album, and then I continued to work on um, Dear McCracken for another couple months, and then I recorded it. Um, with Elena Loper and uh, the guitarist in our band, um, Muhammad, and we put it out as a single. And that single released in July of 2017, sat on Spotify for like two months, and then I decided to make a lyric video for it, and then that sat on YouTube for about a month. Uh, And then I shared it to Reddit one day, and it got to the, whatever you call the front page of Reddit. our videos it's not easy um, to do it's not easy to do and it's not something that even on reddit i've been able to replicate uh i've only been able to do it on reddit once with uh with that um video and so from there you know it started to get to a point where i got a little bit of attention and it's like oh people are listening to this um and then since then i have shared it on um sites like imger um imger has been a big one for me that uh they will take my music and they'll take it to the front page and they'll link people to my YouTube channel and link to my Spotify, link to my Bandcamp. Um, and through that, uh, I was actually able in June of this year to, uh, put up a Kickstarter and this album was actually fully funded on Kickstarter. We met like 105% of our goal wow, from just like, Thank you. Thank you. It was, it was something that like when I put up the Kickstarter, I was like, I'm either going to get like 20 bucks from my parents or it's going to happen. Uh, and you know, luckily it was the latter. And so I was like, all right, we're going to, we're going to do this the right way. We're going to go to a a real studio. We're going to get it professionally mixed and mastered. And, uh, you know, hopefully that will elevate it to kind of the next level. That's great. I remember that song being a real crowd pleaser each time you do it at open mics. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those that even now, you know, I, I in the Seattle scene, I've been able to get people to, yeah, they're familiar with it now. It's a year and a half old song, and so you get people singing along the chorus, and that always feels good. I mean, you don't really come across a lot of songs, I feel like outside of Weird Al Yankovic, that are that uh, verbose and that humorous. Uh-huh. You're very yeah. good at telling telling a story in a song. Is that, Thank uh, you. Do you have a background in writing? Not really, not in particular, you know, well, so here's my, here's my background in writing. So when I was in fifth grade, maybe I started to write a novel and this was just like a, a notebook that I carried around with myself, like everywhere that I went, I just had a a pencil and a notebook, uh, you know, got to dinner with my family, whatever it was, I always had this notebook with me and I was writing a novel and it was essentially, you know, a fifth grader's attempt to write a Lord of the Rings knockoff because um, I had, was enamored by J.R.R. Tolkien and those movies had just come out and I was, you know, I wanted to write something like that. And so I wrote, uh, it was like, it ended up being like 175 pages and it had a beginning, a middle, and end. That's a lot for an 11-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, it was something that, you know, 
when I was that young, all my relatives were like, oh, you're going to be a writer. You're going to be a writer. Like, I mean, look, look at what you've done. You've been able to write a, a book on your own um, in fifth grade. And I, after that, I just kind of stopped. It was one of those things where I, I would try to write something similar. Like I'd want to write a long story, but I would get so caught up in details. Right. So it's like, all right, this character knows everything about boats. So now I need to know everything about boats because I can't write for a character that's an expert on boats. Now I got to do all this research. And then I would, I would get stuck (laughs) in the mud and it'd be, I'd be seven pages in and I would just abandon it. Um, so it wasn't actually until I got to college that I started writing songs, um, which, turned out to be a much better format for me because you can start and finish a song in half an hour, you know, you can go, I mean, bing, bam, boom. Right. Exactly. Like you can get the, the, the framework for a song like Dear McCracken, I wrote 90% of it in about half an hour. And it wasn't until eight months later that I pulled it out of the drawer that I was like, ah, this is actually kind of decent. And then I wrote the last, um, the last verse and like Mm. the final lines of it. Um, so, that, I mean, that's essentially my background in writing. I was more of a, a math and science kid in high school. Um, you know, I got a degree in computer engineering. So I've definitely been more in that, like, world. Um, and it's just been kind of in the last, like, five years that I've started to explore, you know, writing and art and music um, and get into that scene. So that's interesting, though. It sounds like songwriting for you was, if not a substitute, just to stray away from the difficulty you had writing novels, but still the idea of telling a story in some format. Yeah. So you just yeah. found that in, in music rather yeah, than what it was. you were a really a guitar guy or a melody guy. Right, and right, words, words right. Words were like an afterthought. And that's the thing. I still don't consider myself to be a musician. I had any interest in music when I was a kid was because I couldn't sing. I couldn't sing and I didn't know how to play any instruments. Um, but I had friends in college who were writing songs and I thought it'd be fun. And I knew kind of how to play bass guitar. So I'd write songs on a bass guitar. And then from there, it progressed. It's like, all right, well, I'm going to get a ukulele now to do the major and minor chords. And then yeah. from there, it's like, all right, well, maybe I should get on Craigslist and I should get a guitar. And, you know, mind you, this is I'm almost 22 at this point, right, where so many people I know that got into music, I mean, 12, 11, 10, 8, like playing piano, music theory. I didn't know what a major scale was <laughs> until I got, it was, I think, end of sophomore year of college when I took music yeah. theory 101. And that's also where my education stopped <laughs> on music. Uh, so that's the thing I do consider myself just more of a songwriter. I just like to tell stories, invoke feelings, um, and come up with really catchy, hopefully catchy um, melodies yeah. to kind of go along with it. Yeah, so you're kind of coming at it from a different angle. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. People maybe, but yeah, I mean, there's a great sense of humor in a lot of these songs. You're, you start the song, you want to listen till the end, and you know you're kind of chuckling along the way. Do you? What kind of relationship do you have with comedy? I took an improv class when I was okay. also in fifth grade. <laughs> I took su- I took I took summer camp. Yeah, I think everything stems from fifth grade. Now that I'm laying it out on the table, I think that was a pivotal year for me. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I've never considered myself to be a comedian. Um, and I don't consider the songs that I write to be comedic songs. Um, I guess the, what I'm going for is less, you know, less Bo Burnham, more Blink-182. Um, as far as like, you don't listen to Blink-182 because they're funny. You listen to Blink-182 because the songs are good. They're entertaining, but 
occasionally they will make you laugh. There will be a line in there that um, will get a chuckle out of you. And I use um, the song The Key to Being Lonely from my last album as kind of an example of that. I can play that song and it's a funny song, but then I can turn around and my next song is like a pretty standard, you know, kind of pop folk alternative song that isn't going to make anybody laugh, right? It's just, you know, um, so marrying yourself to it. Right, right. That that's kind of my relationship with with comedy and my music. Um, I guess I I don't want to be a comedian, but I do want to invoke feelings in people. If if that's if that's laughter when it's appropriate, then you know that's what I'll I'll shoot for. Totally. Kind of the fan base you started to garner after the success of the Dear McCracken video. What uh, what kind of fan base would you say you have, or what what kind of uh, people have really connected with their music what kind of interactions yeah. have you been having so there's i guess a couple of things about my fan base one is they're very very distributed um so I, I i have people who are listening to my music kind of all over the country and all over the world every you know weekly if not daily i'll get a message from somebody you know somebody in germany or somebody in you know florida whatever so they're all over the world all, all yeah. over the world, right? But my attendance in shows in Seattle has not changed <laughs> a single bit from any attention that I've received um, from music. So I'm, I'm still playing the same old places, playing yeah. the Sunset, playing the High Dive, and uh, not seeing an uptick in, uh, you know, the the fans who are coming out to shows. So it's been it's been mostly like, you know, it's it's been so internet driven. Um, where you know I was just at I was just at Connor Byrne, um, the local uh, open mic in in Ballard. Uh, that I'm, I'm, I think I've seen you there. You've yeah, I've been, been Connor there a few Byrne. Times for sure. Yeah, of course. Um, and played at Connor Byrne, and you know I was just another just another artist up. I went third. Wasn't any more remarkable than whoever went second, whoever went fourth. Um, you know, that, and that's, that's a testament to the talent that, um, you'll find at Connor Byrne yeah, on any given Sunday. But, uh, you know, as I'm, people are finding my music and enjoying it, but it hasn't really changed things on a day-to-day basis as yeah. far as like how I play and, and go about my, go about my day in Seattle. Yeah. The internet thing, it's quite mm-hmm. a huge shift from whatever musicians were doing 10, 20 years yeah. ago. Yeah. No, but I mean, it's cool. I've been able to find people to connect with my music that, uh, you know, I, I don't have an agent or a label or anyone running my marketing campaigns yeah, or anything yeah. like that. It's like, I'm, I'm still like, we did record in a studio, but like I managed all of that and I'm still self-releasing. Um, DIY all the way. Right, you know, it's still just going up on Bandcamp, going up on iTunes and Spotify through CD Baby. Um, you know, just uh, luckily I was able to crowdfund a little bit and get some of the the expenses taken care of up front, um, which was great. And I'm hoping that this album reaches more people. I'm hoping, you know, where I'm at now is, you know, just the beginning of, you know, what's going to come next. But if not, you know, I feel super fortunate that I've been able to connect with the people who have heard my music. Um, because I, you know, I never thought that that was really going to happen in any capacity. Um, you know, I, I would have said before McCracken, before anyone had ever heard my music, that becoming a musician and and writing songs was the best decision I ever made. Um, and so this is just something that's like, it's all just kind of icing on the cake. Um, yeah. 
as far as, you know, how I feel about it and what motivates me to keep going. It's, you know, not that people are listening. It's just that it's just something I really enjoy doing. Yeah. Doing it is rewarding enough, but if you yeah. actually have people kind of affirming that and excited yeah. to hear more from you, that's a whole nother mm -hmm. level. Mm -hmm. um, so with the rough draft, I mean, obviously the influence of Dear McCracken is mm -hmm. pretty strong on it. That's kind yeah. of your... Uh, yeah. Your lead single from that, but does uh, this next album have any sort of particular theme or message? Would you say? Yeah, definitely. And so I and I, I told myself that I wasn't gonna like add songs to it just because because, you know, in these days it's it's financially a better decision to do an EP, just do five songs, uh, and as far as keeping people's attention, you know, it's people don't listen to albums anymore. Um, they cherry pick singles and they put them on playlists and they listen to those. Um, and I, I see that, I see that data. Um, I can go to my Spotify dashboard and I can see, you know, there's these certain songs that get attention and they put them on playlists and people listen to those songs, but very few people will sit down and listen to the album, like start to finish. But as I was getting into it and I realized like, okay, this album's been kickstarted. It's fully funded. I can have a little liberty here to like add songs that I feel kind of round out some of the themes that I'm trying to like accomplish. Yeah. And so the the main theme I, I'd say of this album kind of comes from um, the theme of Dear McCracken, which you know the 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 end of Dear McCracken is um, you know the the line is in the rough draft she loved you which is a reference to me watching this woman write an email and kind of backspace all of her initial thoughts that she wanted to say to this guy she was writing her email to um and the key takeaway from that song is supposed to be you know a lot of people will say like how does it end like you need to like figure out what happens next and write the sequels like that's not that's not what the song's about the song's not about uh you know what happens between this particular lady and a guy named McCracken it's it's about how we kind of censor ourselves and, and don't let our, like what we really want to say come out. Um, yeah. And so saying the rough draft is the rough draft is supposed to be like the more raw, like honest, like true thing that you want to say. Um, and so I let that kind of guide me in the song choices on this album. Um, so that immediately goes into a song called point to prove, which point to prove is kind of about my motivations of why I became a songwriter and like why I picked You're up the guitar out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and it's a little more vulnerable to me and kind of like, you know, and I try and be self-deprecating uh, a little bit. Um, but you know, it's, it's pretty accurate. Um, <laughs> the, the whole song is a little more true than I want it to be. Um, and then as the album progresses, um, you know, it kind of deals with, um, the things that I want to say in my own insecurities, um, especially around finding myself in a position that I never thought I'd be in, um, as far as, people listening to my music, um, and leading a band and getting up on stage and doing these things that I'm an introvert. You know, I, <laughs> there's, there's nothing about me that like desires to be up on stage. You're not an attention singing. Seeker. No, I'm really not. Um, you know, I really, I really truly thought that if I ever really was going to do anything in music, it was going to be, I could maybe write songs and then sell it to Rihanna and, you know, or like somebody else who could sing. You wanted it, right? to be Find behind the scenes. Right, a little bit. And then it, I've just found that me performing my own songs has kind of resonated with people um, in that my songs are so personally They're me. They're so personal, yeah. Yeah, they, they really are. They're, they're, I mean, I've, it's, it's a weird thing because they're so 
they're so me, but they also are so relatable um, to people. You know, so many people tell me like, I have a McCracken, you know, I have that person that I, I've I found that given it my voice um, and and writing in that kind of first person uh, point of view, yeah, uh, it's it's kind of resonated with people in that you know I don't feel like I'm the best musician or the best singer, and I could probably find a better musician and a better singer to play these songs. But there's something about me performing them that kind of I don't know completes um, the song and, and gives it more weight, I guess, yeah. than if I had somebody else performing it. It's not- necessarily about technical proficiency yeah it's yeah and if it, it's telling and if it the was, story and you're a better yeah, if, voice to tell it, the story yeah if it was technical proficiency i don't think i it would have gotten nearly as much ten- attention as it has so i mean that's kind of like the uh the punk element of it would you say mm-hmm. yeah maybe yeah a lot of so, pop punk influence yeah yeah i mean like i said blink 182 green day you know that i mean those those bands the melodies and hooks. Um, I've definitely taken inspiration from that style of songwriting. Um, but as I was saying about um, the album and the themes, it's like as it kind of progresses, it kind of gets to this point where there's um, there's a song, um, I think it's track eight called Listen to Your Mom. And it's kind of about, okay, here, you know, I've presented all my insecurities up to this point, um, you know, uh, piano teacher, point to prove, disco in the panic room. These are all songs that kind of lay out how I'm feeling about everything um, and how I'm afraid that now that people are listening, uh, I'm going to disappoint them or I'm not going to live up to the kind of the expectations that are being set. Um, and then I have the song called Listen to Your Mom and it's just about, it's framed in such a way as like, listen to the people who are telling you that you're doing a great job and the people that are going to be proud of me regardless of what happens, right? This album can come out and everyone can say, wow, it's terrible. Um, Dear McCracken was a good song, but you, you're not that great at, you know, everything else. And, you know, I still have people that I can lean on and they're still going to be there for me at the end of the day. Right, so you're balancing uh, it out a little bit. A little bit, yeah. And then, right. And so it, it's supposed to kind of have this this building motion of like confidence and and while all, all of it saying what I mean. Right. And then, and then twisting that. So the last song on the album deserve me is kind of in the opposite direction. It's, it's having the confidence to say what you mean to somebody, even if it's difficult, um, and knowing that it's going to be all right. So, you know, there, there is definitely an intentional like movement through the album, um, in the way that the songs are arranged, which if somebody listens to it, um, start to finish that would be great. And if they could pick up on kind of the story that I'm trying to tell, that's awesome. But I've also tried to make the songs stand on their own, you know? So if somebody does cherry pick, uh, any of them, they'll still be happy with what they get. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. sounds like you've clearly, this has been in the works for a while. You've put a lot of careful thought into this. Definitely. Definitely. Um, what are your, uh, plans post-release i know you mentioned you want to do a tour next year yeah i think so i think so we did one earlier this year um so after after jim mccracken got attention i was like you know what maybe if we go down the west coast we'll find some people who know who i am and they'll they'll want to come out to a show 
Um, so we started in San Luis Obispo, California, where I went to college and that's where I got my first guitar and I would go play out on the streets at midnight on a Friday night yeah. for the drunk college students. And, you know, I'd busk and, uh, that's where I got my start. So we went down to slow, um, and then we kind of worked our way North, um, stopped in San Francisco, played a so far show, um, San Mateo, Pleasanton, Portland. We stopped in, um, uh, Oregon State uh, University and went on their Locals Live TV program and played a couple of the songs that are actually going to be on this album. And then we did the the Welcome Home show in Seattle at the High Dive and um, it was really fun. So you know, we had a, a handful of people who had heard my music on you know Reddit or Imgur or YouTube or wherever they found it, Spotify, uh, come out and you know I got to sign autographs for the first time in my life, which is cool. Not a lot, but a couple. Hey, that's um, a great start. No, yeah, it felt really good. Um, sold some shirts, you know, which is, you know, when I started making music five years ago, I never thought I'd be selling selling shirts with my logo on them. Um, but uh, it was really fun. And I'm hoping, you know, our, our fan base has only grown since then. That was March. Um, and, you know, we've probably, I'm, I'd hope like doubled in, in just pure listener fan base since then. Um, and hopefully with this album, if people get the word out on it, um, you know, there'll be even more. And so we might try and do another West Coast thing again. Um, I like sticking to the West Coast because it's easy for me to just take a week off of work. Um, and uh, my bandmates to take a week off of work because it's just a big, it's a big time commitment. And, you know, none of us are in a position where we can take two months off and go around the whole country. Um, we're just not at that point yet because there's just not any money <laughs> in in this venture um if there was that'd be great but um you know right now it's just it's purely just a fun fun thing that's happening and i'm riding the wave as best i can and making the most yeah. of it yeah who knows where it'll go from here yeah um so kind of a strange direction to uh to go in this late in the interview i guess but uh why are you called bug hunter sure yeah um, so initially it was bug, just bug. And that's actually how you'd find my first album on Spotify. Um, is that a lot a of people childhood think, nickname or something. It is. Yeah. My parents called me bug from the day I was born until I was, um, probably 11 or 12 and probably around fifth grade. Uh, <laughs> and I decided that I was too cool to be called bug and, you know, that was embarrassing. Don't call me bug. Um, and then when, I started making music. I was kind of toying with, you know, because I, I don't know, there's something about just putting my own name out there um, that didn't really appeal to me. Um, and so, you know, my name is Cody Hunter. And so a lot of people think I, the band name is Bug Hunter because it's like a profession or like, you know, uh, like a, a job. A character I, I, am a, I am a bug hunter yeah. and it's actually a name. It's Bug Hunter and it's, you know, my name, Bug, yeah, just, and it's just my last Cody. name. Yeah. Right, exactly. Um, and so... You know, I released the first album like that, and I've I've since brought other musicians: Muhammad Hussein, Marcus Alcantara, um, and uh, Jesse Galloway uh, into the band. But we've maintained the name um, just because you know, kind of keep ownership of the project and um, consistent. You know, and instead of rebranding, um, yeah. I I still feel connected to to the the name Bug Hunter. And uh, yeah, and you got that yeah. cool like caterpillar logo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, people ask me if it's a caterpillar or it's, or if it's an ant because it's kind of a little hybrid of both, um, and I tell them it's a it's a bug. <laughs> yeah, keep it big. Yeah. Um, 
And are you from California? I was trying to piece mm, that together earlier. Kind of. Are you more Seattle area? So neither, I guess. So I've lived in Seattle for four years. Um, I went to college in California. But before that, um, I lived in Arkansas, Orange oh, County, okay, Chicago, Ohio, Dallas, Reno, and I was born in Illinois. So I moved every three years. Wow. Um, and this is actually four years in Seattle is the longest I lived anywhere. Um, and yeah, so I, it's, it's a hard question to answer. I'm not really from anywhere. I say I've went to school in California and I live in Seattle, but beyond that, then I, the best I can do is just kind of name off a bunch of cities uh, and people kind of get the idea. Wow. So you just moved around everywhere growing up. Yeah. 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 So did that kind of make you closer to books in a way? <laughs> yeah, it might have. Yeah. Have to Definitely with closer to family. Yeah. I mean, it's it's been one of those things like the, the people who have been consistent in my life have been my family, my older brother, younger sister, and, and my parents. Uh, and I feel like that comes across in my music. I think if you were to... Um, play bug hunter bingo and you had the mentions mom or dad uh tile you'd be do be doing pretty well uh i mentioned them a lot in my songs and um you know they're big supporters um they're very supportive of what i do and and the music and they're every time i facetime either of them they just happen to be wearing one of my t-shirts mm -hmm. like literally every time um and they, they just walk around in them they're so funny um so i think that you know, moving around, it's like, you know, I had to move and find a new best friend and group of friends, a new school every three years. And so it made me really close and dependent on my family. Um, and I, I think that definitely comes across in my music because we are, we are really close even now. It's good to hear. Um, was there other stuff you wanted to touch on that we haven't gotten to quite yet? Oh, I mean, I talked about the album. Uh, we got the we got the album release show December eighth at the High Dive with Happy Heartbreak and Stephanie May, which I'm really excited about. Cause Happy Heartbreak, um, one of my favorite Seattle bands. Um, you know, you know Craig Swade, right? Yeah, yeah, of course, Craig. Yeah, yeah. Um, been wanting to play a show with them for the last three years, and so I'm really excited that I get to play a show with them for the album release. Um, it's gonna be really fun. So. Cool. So December 8th, mm -hmm. it's a big day. And that, that, the album's out November 20th. I chose I chose the date because it's my, my parents' dog's birthday. He's turning 10. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I was like, well, I knew it was going to be the end of November, so I kind of picked an arbitrary date. And I was like, November 20th is better than any other date because it's Oliver's birthday. <laughs> Cody, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah. The best of luck when uh, the release finally comes out and thank you. release show. You get a good tour in the works i'm super excited it was really good to talk to you again yeah man have a good night yeah you too glad you're doing well all right that was bug hunter and uh, i'm gonna skip the usual end of the interview spiel and just go into uh, two more of his new songs from the rough draft album you're gonna hear deserve me followed by listen to your mom Happens again. Across to my shoulder, a jab to my chest, a kick to my ego, a lack of defense. 
It's going slow motion, you wind up again When did this become so normal and do I deserve this? When I met you in high school, I felt overwhelmed Getting attention for the first time it sounds Like a pitiful cliche, a lame kiss and tell but the story takes twists and I can tell it myself I always adored you, the way you stand up For yourself and for me, but I couldn't handle The tempers and tantrums you throw at random Told myself it was my fault, cause I couldn't man up And that was the last time I sat and I sat Happens again Across to my shoulder A jab to my chest A kick to my ego A lack of defense Slow and slow motion You wind up again When did this become so normal And do I deserve this? Backyard naming every star we saw Back when both your hands were gentle And your speaking voice was soft You joke that Romans made up constellations on the spot And I believe that even Grecians beat me at connecting dots Cause for every side you showed me I'd soften or I'd try To justify with reasons pleading for you in my mind I only see you sweetly when I see the stars at night Leave it to the only person That can ruin out the sky I just wanna tell her I miss my best friend And it happens again Across to my shoulder A jab to my chest A kick to my ego A lack of defense Slow in slow motion, you wind up again When did this become so normal? Across to my shoulder, a jab to my chest A kick to my ego, a lack of defense Slow in slow motion, you wind up again What do I deserve? This wasn't my fault To learn that love does not exist When I feel this small And I can count on one hand The times you made me feel worthy I can count on one finger To say you don't deserve me Tell her I miss my best friend
I didn't listen to my mom when she taught me how to clean And my dishes, they're waiting in the sink I didn't listen to my mom telling me to go to sleep Maybe that's why I'm up every night till three Just waiting for sleep and what it brings A break from waiting through my insecurities And I'm awake, unable to shake the little things I didn't listen to my mom when she told me I should share I have trouble telling anyone my fears I'll never be the best at anything No one will know my name It's a silly thing but I'm still afraid Of living a life from start to end And then I'm missing Forgotten when I'm dead And now I'm wishing I had heard her when she said When she said Love you child You're my own Damn those standards, you're not those And you're not judged on what you make The man you are's the boy I raised The man you are's the boy I raised I didn't listen to my mom as I sunk below the ground I didn't listen to my mom as I was buried by my doubts I didn't listen to my mom as she tried to dig me out But I am listening now I've heard the words they finally ring And I'm sure my worth isn't balanced on one thing It is earned by learning from the songs my mother sings and she sings, love you, child, you're my own Damn those standards, you're not those And you're not judged on what you make The man you are's the boy I raised I didn't listen to my mom, but that's the thing when you're a kid you don't know what you don't know when you begin If I've learned anything that I could sing, that I could pass along Be good and listen to your mom Still here? Alright, cool. So, the deal with Talking About the Passion podcast. If you uh, have indeed been a regular listener to... Uh, all 60 episodes, or at least most of the 60 episodes, thank you very much for uh, giving your ear, giving your attention to uh, this project. I uh, started the podcast without much thought of who I wanted my audience to be specifically, or uh, I did not have any specific goal in mind. Just wanted to uh, have the chance to reach out and get to know other musicians and talk about uh, stuff we both find very interesting. And it's been a great way to do that. Going forward, I am uh, getting so caught up in 
my Niagara Moon stuff, Niagara Moon-centric uh, activities, and I, I kind of want to bring the podcast closer to that and target Niagara Moon fans more specifically with, uh, with a podcast that I do going forward, if that makes any sense. So for now, I believe this will be the final episode of this podcast in this particular incarnation, and um, we'll see what happens from here on out. So I will definitely keep you posted on that, and uh, for now, this is Thomas signing off.